There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Test one, two. Football's gay. Football. You remember when we were kids? Remember that time football sucked my dick? <laughs> Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, football's gay. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> well, first of all, we start talking about football because everybody knows what we're known for is not just talking about football. We talk about other shit. Right. So. Uh, That's true. How you been? Uh, yeah, I've been pretty good. I'm a little hungover today. Oh, yeah. After the Sweden some. match. Oh uh, yeah, disappointing. I was say uh, about the match, yeah. Disappointing. And I went to a little party. Yeah, um, I was really into it, man. I was too, but I, I personally don't have any skin in that particular game. I, I grew up rooting for Italy, so I, I'm, I'm happy that my team is still in the tournament. Oh, okay. So See, I'm, I didn't root for anybody <laughs> beforehand. I've always been, you know, you know, I'm, I jumped onto the Sweden bandwagon since I'm mm. here. So I didn't have a team before that to stay loyal to. I naturally always wish them well. Uh, yeah, of course. But I don't shed any tears when they inevitably drop out of the tournament. So damn. So I'm, that's how I roll with them. <laughs> <laughs> fairest, no, uh, fairest weather fan. Well, you know, I root for them because I feel like I'm, you know, somewhat maritally obliged. Yeah. Is yeah. that a word? Maritally? Yeah. Is that a uh, word? Maritally? Yeah. Maritally yeah. obliged. Yeah. Sure. It's a word now. <laughs> it's uh, a word. <clears throat> but uh yeah, it was a good time despite the loss. Yeah. Uh and you know, this tournament is insane. It's been really fun to watch. It's, yeah, uh, man. It's giving me some something to do while we're waiting for for real football to come back. <laughs> uh I like sports you play with your hands. <laughs> I watch I watch some yeah. coming come to America. <laughs> yeah. Sports you play with your hands. Uh, I watched some of the some of the elf highlights again over the weekend. Oh I, yeah, <clears throat> it's pretty cool. I mean, I, it's I a, keep forgetting about that league. Yeah, did I? Maybe I never posted the. You posted it in the did group. Did I post the link? in the group? Spinfl Pod group. I re- uh, I realized this week for the first time that you can watch the highlights with English announcers, but I have to say it's kind of more fun to watch it with the Germans. <laughs> okay, it's certainly funnier. Yeah, I bet. Um. But it was crazy. The fact this Warsaw Panthers team, I mean, this two weeks in a row, they put up a, over fifty points. They won Damn. They won fifty four to twenty eight. Was a quarterback, Warren Moon? I didn't there were a lot of turnovers from what I saw. Oh, okay. Um but the, again, you look at this thing and it, it just makes me want to get in the car and drive down there because it looks so much fun. Um I mean it looks really say cool. Say the word, bro. <clears throat> I'm telling you. Say gotta, the word and I'll ride down there with you. We gotta go. I was thinking about you a lot this week with this fucking Miami thing, the building oh, collapse. Yeah. How fucking crazy is that? Yeah, and when we stay there, we 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 found this guy who's got these a, a few condos 
in this uh, big building that looks just like that building that collapsed. And I don't think I'll ever be able to be there and, and feel super safe anymore after seeing that. And at first they said it was a sinkhole. Uh, but now they're saying that that building was like bad, damaged. But I think they, they, I could see them saying that to, I, I to keep he- people from panicking. I, yeah, and I had heard one of the, the like I think it, was it the son of like his mom lived there, and she had complained like a week before about um, she was like woken up in the middle of the night. She heard some kind of a loud like snapping sound. In the bill, like it, like woke her up in the middle of the night, like pow, kind of noise inside the building. It's falling apart. <clears throat> um, oh my god! And he was like, "Wow, well, it's probably you know whatever." Blah, blah, blah. He was like, "But now, obviously, in hindsight, it has me wondering, like, you know, did the mother pass? Was she in they there? They still haven't found her. No, uh, it's so hundred and fifty something people. I, I missing, mean, these yeah. people are gone. There's yeah, no yeah, way yeah. that they survived that." One kid, like teenage kid or like you know young adolescent teenage age, uh-huh. uh, put his bed over him and it saved him. Wow! Like his mattress. Shit, that's crazy. Uh, but he was probably pretty high up, I would guess, <clears throat> right? See on top. I mean, I imagine you have a better chance of surviving right, on top of the pancake. The top, yeah. I don't know, that's or maybe horrible. maybe the outside. I don't know. But uh, thankfully, they were able to pull a few people out. At least 30 people were pulled from it. But. Good to see uh, Jerome Baker, Jalen Waddle out there helping. Yeah, man. That's pretty cool. Dolphins are very involved in the community. Of course they are. Um, when you have an owner like Je- like uh, Jeff Ross. Well, not Jeff Ross. <laughs> Steven Ross. <laughs> Jeff Ross is a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> a roast comedian. He's just out true. there roasting yeah. people. Haha, <laughs> 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 your building sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Stephen Ross is—he uh, tries to be good in the community to offset his uh, support of Donald Trump and right. that and the like. Yeah, interesting. Uh, very sad. Yeah, man. Um, but my family's all good. Nice. Uh, I didn't have yeah. anybody affected like that. But they're just everybody shook, man. Like I called and checked on people, and they're just like they can't believe it. And it's on, of course, twenty-four hours around the news. Uh, every station is just. Right, showing uh, updates and stuff. My grandmother texts me updates all the time. It's funny when stuff like that happens because it rattles your faith in things that you normally. Yeah, except for the faith in God in my family. It, it does not rattle their faith. It doesn't rattle no. their faith. They are no. all in. That certainly would for me. It was like, okay, so how does that fit into God's plan? This building collapsing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to upset your mother. I know she listens to the podcast and we clearly already cursed too fucking much. So. <laughs> <laughs> now we're like, you know, questioning the existence of God. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Mama Rollins. Yeah. Uh, the NCAA story continues to progress. Yes. Uh, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I, I think the jig is officially up. Um, I wonder if they're gonna do like when like the the ruling about the video games where they just said fuck video games. I wonder if they'll do something like that where they're just like, well, you know, we just won't have football or something like that. Well, the last card they have to play the NCAA, which mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's a card, but they appear the to race be- card. <laughs> it's because we're black. <laughs> <laughs> they get a new guy who's the leader and he's black. Just yeah. so they could play the race court. Or they'll just do the whole reverse racism. It's because we're white. <laughs> uh, they appear to be uh, attempting to lobby Congress 
to help them out and get involved. Oh, um, well, that was our Congress. American Congress can be bought. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the only reason why I still consider it a card to be played. Because, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, Congress is clearly one of the most dysfunctional and um, spineless. What's the, spineless. What's That's not the word I'm looking morally for. Morally bankrupt. There's that, too. What's the word I'm looking for? Corrupt. Corrupt. Corrupt yeah, is the word I was looking one. for. Yeah. But all those other things were also true. So those were good. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm excited. You know, it made me think, actually it made me think a lot about, um, uh, I was thinking about Najee Harris. It, a lot of interesting stories about him came out during the draft, things that I didn't know about him. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Najee Harris played for Alabama. Fantastic um, running back. Yeah, he's known uh, for the hurdle. Exactly, and he got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. On draft night, <clears throat> instead of being at the draft, he was there virtually, and he chose to spend draft night at the homeless shelter that he used to live in with his uh, family um, when they, they were struggling as he was you know, coming into his own and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but it was one of those things that kind of made me think, you know, like if this kid clearly has a, has a talent that he works, you know, However much of it is is genetic, and then the other part is work, obviously, and he mm-hmm. put in the effort. Yeah. Uh, if anybody could have benefited from being able to, you know, profit a, and, and like maybe help your family get out of a hole sooner rather than later, quitty pay too, because he told yeah, his yeah. whole story of his mom working three jobs, never actually saw him play football. Like he manages to get a scholarship to go to Penn State. Penn State. Thank you. Um, I mean, talk about. Talk about a kid who could have really helped his family out three yeah. years sooner. I mean, now and then you always see these story, you know, these stories when these guys get drafted. It's like, yeah, you know, they buy their mom a house or yeah. a car or whatever. I call it. Uh, well, some people call it trauma porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, yeah, black trauma porn. <clears throat> a lot of it's black players. But I, I I look forward to a future where where these kids can can benefit from their from how their, much money they're talking about though. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think they've really worked out all the details yet. Okay. But I mean, as far as like, they're also a lot of it is that they're talking about is you know benefiting off of your your what do they call them your, your name, your image, your likeness, all these okay. kind of things. So it's like you know for that, the sky's the limit, depending on who you are. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, um, okay, so you stay I mean, you in can make, college, build your name up. Yeah, shit, you can yeah. do a commercial for what was that thing we were drinking last week? What was that? <laughs> so, 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 uh, the spritz, spritzer spritz spritz, spritz, spritz. Yeah. yeah you could do brooklyn a spritz, spritz brooklyn spritz yeah <laughs> if you were so inclined to do a better commercial than the one that i did last week and <laughs> you might actually get paid for it yeah uh yeah <clears throat> i had a funny i actually met a guy one time he was a drummer and i asked he was like oh yeah i've got this side gig where i make some money on the side and i was like really what do you do he's like well i'm in the name and image and likeness kind of business I was like, what? I don't understand. What are you? He's like, well, my uncle's kind of famous. I was like, really? Who is he? He's like, oh, it's Nat King Cole. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So he makes sure Nat King Cole's not getting screwed over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that his likeness isn't being used improperly? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. It turns out I knew his dad. His dad, Freddie Cole, 
who was Nat King Cole's brother, actually played my Damn, wedding. Freddie Cole, that's a black-ass name. Freddie Cole's a badass <laughs> motherfucker. Passed away a couple of years ago, but oh, he's no. dope as shit. Freddie Cole. But Lionel Cole's still alive. That's Lionel guy. Cole. Lionel Cole, that's the guy I know. He lives out in Australia now. <laughs> Nat, Freddie, and Lionel. That's some <laughs> blackness. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool dude. I, I like Lionel Cole. Shout out to Lionel Cole. I Shout wasn't out planning to on, Lionel. wasn't planning on talking about him today. It just sort of popped up. Uh, but yeah, cool dude. Uh right, and then the big headline this week is how football is gay. We kind of football is gay. Football is totally freaking gay. If you're gonna support a player that's gay, then you just take it over and say that that's you. Yes, that's the NFL way. We are also gay. he. Not only is Carl Nassib gay, we're gay, <laughs> we're gay too. We're so woke. We're gay. Yeah. Stupid man. They didn't say they were black last year. Did they? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> We're and uh, um, I, my pod partner from my other podcast, Palmina Podcast, uh, he was here um, mm. when Skiff got here, and we were talking about that. And uh, but he works with making sure companies don't do dumb shit like that. So it's like <laughs> extra sensitive to to companies that do dumb shit. And he's just like he doesn't know much about the NFL, but he's just like yeah, that seems stupid. It's a stupid strategy. You know, it's one, a lot of the articles. So, okay, for those of you who don't know, the NFL, following the Carl Nassib announcement, um, has decided to release a short, kind of Instagram y, Twitter friendly video that says, like, it, first off, it's just basically just a black screen with white text and it says, football is gay. And then the gay disappears. It says, football is lesbian. Football is inclusive. Football it says, football is all these different things. I kind of uh, want to watch it, man. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I didn't know about it until you said it. It's really funny the way they talk about it. It's like, oh, they've produced a video, and it's like, I'm sorry, but the production quality. This is. That's thirty seconds. It's really not a big deal. It, it, I don't even know. Football is gay. Football is lesbian. Football is beautiful. Queer life, exciting, transgender, power, tough, bisexual, strong, freedom, American. Football is American. Football is accepting. Football is everything. It says yes. Football is for everyone. With a rainbow flag. Probably supports the Trevor Project. Of course they do. And Wow, but that was a good factoid right there. They threw up the factoid that uh, LGBT youth with at least one accepting parent is 40% less likely to commit suicide. Interesting. Yeah. That so helps. people out there that are like, oh, my kid's not going to be like that, then think about that. This for me, this is always kind of a weird thing to talk about because, of course, they're doing what they feel is the right thing, and in some yeah. ways, it is the right thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, um, it, 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 maybe we're not target audience. No, maybe target audience is those people that would that would find something like that uh, that would change their mind. I just, but for me, but it's hard not to look at it as pandering and uh, and uh, what's it called. Um, benefiting from the whole thing trying to get woke points yeah it's, um, it's hard not to look at it like that especially when you are who you are that's the thing you're the nfl the one who blackballed colin kaepernick and this i think we spoke about this last week too you know for me it's not about you know i don't personally think the nfl should just like stay out of it like sure make your make your statement make your comment but but the the deeper you go with it in some respect it's like 
I don't know. I guess you could argue that it's sort of normalizing the culture in a good way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I just have a hard time. I, like, I, I, it's difficult for me to imagine the idea of giving the NFL a cookie for, regarding their recent past and, and their, yeah. their, their almost entire past of, of how they've dealt with any number of things, whether it be. They forgot to write football is born dumber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, and look for those for those black people out there. For, that, uh, exactly. Have, I mean, uh, we're ri- I mean, we're literally like less than a month yeah. gone from them doing this race norming shit, yeah. where they're like saying black people are dumber and have to score lower on the cognitive scale just to get money because they got fucking concussions. So it's like you'll have to excuse me yeah. again if I you know am not if completely moved to tears by their effort <laughs> to normalize homosexuality. Yeah. Um, I just think they're the wrong vessel for that message in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I realize that they're not, you know, these are two separate issues. Um, but if you frame them within the context of inclusion, they're really not that different, right? Oh, so I think that the NFL, you know, similarly to the way I think of my own country, to be honest with you, it's like I, I love... I love you guys, but you've got some shit to apologize yeah, for. Yeah, you got some you know? shit to work on. There's man. some shit that you got to make right. Uh, and as happy as I am that they're doing the right thing, uh, there's always a kind of cynical side of me that knows that, that this is a PR decision. It's a slam dunk PR decision. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I just, ugh, whatever. People can feel however they want to feel about it. There's been a lot of like interesting. The other thing that's kind of interesting is that when you go into their Twitter feed, when they, you know, if you you sort of troll through the comments a little bit. Oh, that's always fun. Of course, you're going to see these people who are like, oh, whoa, this is so lame, bro. Like, and then it becomes this really goofy, you know, then then you really see the woke. Yeah. woke battle going on you know what i mean like try to make people change people's minds and you can tell there are some people in there who's just trying to like kick up dirt and um uh know. do you have kyle pitts in your in your rundown do i have kyle pitts in my rundown no did he do something kyle pitts signed his contract oh nice thank god 32.9 million guaranteed uh-huh okay like that's his con his contract. Oh, who said? Who said? I mean, I guess we already know guaranteed means guaranteed means nothing, but his signing bonus is over twenty one million. Hmm. So, uh, that's good for him. Yeah, it's good for him. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. He better be balling. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. He's got to be balling, but thirty-two. I mean, like the guarantee part. Is, it says fully guaranteed over four years. I mean, clearly, of all the you know, a lot of times when. You know, it's usually quarterbacks who get drafted in the top five, um, and more often times than not, those quarterbacks might not play that much in right. their rookie year or, right. or the first year they're on the team. Anyway, I mean, this year's a bit of an exception, I guess. We we fully expect Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson to play right out of the gate. Justin Fields too. Oh no, no, he's got a competition. Uh, well. Well, according to Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton, the rusty rifle, is going to be starting. Yeah, year. exactly. So uh, I'll take that back. Um, no, it's it's in New England where there's a – have you heard – that's been <laughs> one of the funny tropes of the week. It's like, we've got ourselves a real quarterback competition here, people. <laughs> We're hearing reports that Cam's not looking good and Mac Jones was really impressive throwing the ball when nobody was trying to tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Bill, Belichick's got him out there wearing number 50. It's like, oh, Jesus. This kid uh, is not starting. I'm sorry. Nah. 
Yeah, but 32.9 million guaranteed. Congrats to you, Kyle Pitts. You made it. And uh, I hope you uh, do your thing for the team to earn that money. Man, he's got some big-ass shoes to fill. They're expecting him to be this insane tight end, wide receiver, unicorn mm-hmm. uh, magic. Yeah. He's got a um, – He's got. They, they, they're trying to get, like, the Darren Waller effect out of him. But he's got to uh, – I mean, like the the well, the contract looks nice from a salary cap standpoint too. Okay, how do they do? They spread it out somehow. Or I'm saying the 21 million signing bonus of it because it says 32 million guaranteed. Right. That means that gets broken up over the four years. Ah, right. And then and over the salary, his whole rookie deal. Right over the rookie the four years. Okay. Uh, so it's four years, 21 million split up. That's what uh, six, oh, a little bit under six million, mm-hmm. or a little bit over five million. I should say five point. Two five million, and then you get uh, the the rest of the contract besides the thirty two million is what's that eleven million right is going to hit the the salary cap. That's I mean <clears throat> that's good, man. That's, yeah, that's good and for that, you guys the way you I mean it. yeah, and that and obviously that's the biggest challenge for for the Falcons front office is is trying to figure out a way to dig themselves out of this hole that the previous GM put them in so anything they can do to manage that better is is good obviously i listened to a podcast this week where they interviewed sort of a 45 minute interview with arthur smith mm-hmm. and he's one of those coaches who you you could listen to him talk for 45 minutes and you don't really learn anything about oh, no. what he's gonna do um and he that was one of my stories this week too he says i came from the pie is arthur smith calls the julio jones trade a win-win <laughs> what's like I'm sorry, what? Oh, because they freed can, up cap space? Yeah, but it's one of those things where you're like, you lost. go ahead and tell yourself that. Yeah, you lost <laughs> one of the best players. Uh, the only thing I learned about him that I didn't know was, which, you know, in some respects made me a little annoyed, but also it was like, okay, do your thing. He, you know, his father owns FedEx. Oh, is he Fred Smith's kid? Mm. Damn. So... His first coaching opportunity was something that was uh, obviously even he felt like I'm getting this opportunity because of who my father is. And I can't remember where it was, but it was like FedEx. Tennessee. He was like, yeah, exactly. FedEx is right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, his dad's company is like on the stadium. You know what I mean? So it's like. Really? Or it was in. I don't remember. It was. They're in Washington. FedEx Field is Washington. It was. I think that was where he got his first like kind of job as some kind of a mm. coach like not as a coordinator obviously okay. so he he actually kind of i forget exactly where he coached after that but he kind of left that organization but like fed started to, in tennessee though. tried to build himself up huh. in, in a way where so at least in that respect it kind of feels like you know he's I like at least when people say that shit it's like you still you i exactly well forget you still people still know you're still you and you're still gonna be you're gonna get in the door Obviously, everybody knows who you are, and yeah. all, you have you have an advantage. He, but in all fairness, he knows that, yeah. and yeah, it's good. hard to apologize for having that advantage. And people you know say I mean? that he's got he's good, like that he's a and he he's it, a good off. He made the Tannehill made the offense work with Tannehill, and yeah, Henry. and it's always kind of funny to hear him talk about, you know, when they say like, "Wow, you get you." They do the whole the Tannehill thing. I buy. 
you know, like, hey, he really got Tannehill on the right track. But then when but the they start trying to, it. but then when they start trying to give him credit for like Derrick Henry, it's like, come on, no, that's like we knew, yeah, <laughs> that's like this fucking gigantic <laughs> horse, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the and his sister is a filmmaker. Oh, she really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you know the the movie P.S. I Love You. Heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Fred Smith's daughter. Interesting. Because we had to or produced it. Mm. I shouldn't say film, but she was part of the production of that. Because mm-hmm. we wa- we watched it. I used to work for FedEx, where everybody was like, "They're like, you don't have to go see this, but we just want you to know <laughs> that Fred Smith's daughter made it." Oh and my I god! I watched it because I'm a company blowhard. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. On the coaching tip, the NFL apparently had a minority candidate coaching summit. Oh. Okay. Um, was it late? I'm just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just think, I don't even know what to say about this because they basically just gathered, you know, pe- representatives from all, you know, 32 teams and and listened to other people talk about, you know, uh, qualified black coaching candidates. and Or and, non-white, and, right? And how, yeah. It was basically a minority candidate coaching summit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I did. I read it, and it, it's really kind of. I don't know. I just was curious. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, why? What do I? Why th- is it? Why is it taking so long for this issue to become a reality? Like, everyone claims that they want it, but black representation no, 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 no. at higher levels of coaching continues to linger. So, why? What do you? Not everyone says that they want this. That's true. There's 32 people. Yeah. <laughs> that make these decisions. Yeah. And they're the billionaire owners of the teams. Right. And. They are all old white men, except for uh, the Jacksonville guy, right? And he's uh, with the and he hired Urban Meyer, and he hired so Urban Meyer. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? Khan. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Shaka Khan. I don't know. <laughs> so his name. <laughs> I feel for you. He he he. I don't know where he's from. That's the thing. I don't know his background. I just know he's a non-white dude. But everybody else is white dudes. Isn't until, he from like Dubai or something? Weird yeah, like that? somewhere like that, like a rich uh, Arabic country. I would say. Right. I could. Uh, I don't. I don't want to look it up. So mm. I'll tell my brother to kiss my ass. I know he's gonna say you should have looked it up. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> besides the point. Um, so all of these guys that it is this whole good old boy network. All of these guys that. You know, banded together to keep Donald Trump out. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that's the—that's how right. tight knit these guys are. They're just a bunch of dudes that think it's cool. I own this team. I got these. You know, it's like a, a small club, and that's the people making the decisions. And they're all, most of them, born into riches. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then they're not gonna just—they don't feel comfortable having the face of the team being a black dude. Mm. Like, I guess not face of the team, but there won't be. And a lot of them have the egos too. They don't want to get bullied. So I think everybody, most of the country, is cool with the uh, understands how important it is that the uh, minorities are represented as leaders and coaches and stuff like that. But mm. those people don't. Get I see fun. it as kind of really. It, most of these teams are run based on you know not only financial concerns but also you know based on what they think the PR upshot is, you know, mm. like, and also the downside of like, oh, what's going to look like if I have to fire this guy, you know? Yeah. 
Um, well, okay. But I, I'm not saying that that's the way they should look at it. I'm just saying that that. Let's look at the who's the who's the non-white coaches. We got the Brian new one, Flores, Brian Flores, and we got Mike Tomlin. Yep, and we got Robert Saleh. Right, right. That's it, right? As far as I know, yeah. St- Stephen Ross is the owner of the Dolphins. Relatively new, mm-hmm. relatively new owner. Ah, Romeo Cornell. He's a coach. What, or no, who's the guy that they hired? Oh, yeah, down the in uh, the, the Texans. Uh, is that him? Cully. Cully, yeah. Robert, Romeo Cornell uh, was the guy uh, who took over as uh, an interim. Robert Cully, But yeah. he's also black. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so if we th- think about those owners, we got uh, Stephen Ross, pretty new mm. owner. Um, mm. Dolphins. Yep. Bought it from Wayne Huizenga in the uh, early 2000s or whatever, mid-2000s. Uh-huh. And then you got the New York Jets. That's in New York. It's Johnson is part of Johnson Johnson family. I don't know how he feels or whatever, but he's a he's a trumper though. Probably. Yeah, so that's kind of a big step for him. You know what I mean? You wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't be surprised if uh, if that team, that old team like that. Yeah. And Houston was backed into a corner to get a black coach. Right. They was, almost lost their quarterback that they really, really wanted to keep and they but that begrudgingly was, brought on. I, yeah. And I'll be talking about that later. And that was before that was before we were aware of the Right. Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson like, was so like, when he had the upper leave. hand, he was yeah. really pressing them to to hire a uh, it was one of the reasons why he wanted out. He wanted out because they had they brought forward uh um uh, out a third party mm. consulting firm to find a good Which coach. Which they ignored. And they ignored the advice <laughs> of the consulting firm because they picked a black person. It's like this is how far we gotta get to get it going. Yeah. And then and then Mike Tomlin, his the owner of the uh the Steelers was passionate about minority co- minorities in coaching position. Mm. The father, of, you know, Art Rooney. Right. They call it the Rooney Rule. Right. So that's these are the ones that chose those four coaches right there. Mm. The only one I can't really that's really uh, impressive. I, I would say is the Johnson, Woody Johnson, mm. or that family. I don't know if Woody Johnson is the one making that decision. But he's been the ambassador of the right. That's what I'm saying. He was busy working in the Trump administration. So yeah. uh, uh, that's the one that's kind of like, oh, that's that's the one that represents progress. Sure, is the the Jets coaching, mm. and it's a a guy with a Middle Eastern descent too. Right, Masala. It's not just yeah. a black dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's even more. I don't know, man. I, I think it's uh, that's what's going to have to change. And so we could do all this beating, there, pounding on the there, table. There's a, there seem to be a lot of black coaches in the NBA, no? More yeah, so than the NFL? More than the NFL, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of prior players, you heard about this latest thing, right? Uh, no. There's an NBA player that just got a coaching job in Portland, I believe. And uh, it was going to be the first one. He was It was like him or this woman, Becky Harmon is her name. Uh huh. And Chauncey Billups is the player he used to play. You might have heard that name. He played for Detroit Pistons, got them a championship, and all of that. And Becky Harmon was like, everybody thinks she's a great basketball mind. Right. She was gonna possibly be the coach. Yeah. And they chose Chauncey Billups, and now it's come forward. Not come forward. It's been out there, but he was also working for ESPN in the past, and then he was an assistant coach and all of that. Mm. But in the '90s, he was known as one of the players that settled. This date rape, uh, not date rape, gang rape charge. Ooh. NBA players gang raped this woman 
And people knew about this. People knew about this. There's this book called the NBA Culture Crimes or something like that, and it details her story. So instead of hiring the woman, they went with the gang rapist. That's like, why? <laughs> That's very strange. Yeah, so uh, I don't think they thought people remembered or something. I don't know. But uh, you know what day, time it is now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Interesting. Speaking of black coaches. Wow. <laughs> but the NBA has a lot more. The NBA is farther along mm. in uh, race relations than the NFL. Yeah, it seems uh, like head it. And shoulders I, I don't follow the NBA uh, so much. I'm following it a little more right now because the Hawks are, yeah. are in the playoffs and hanging in there against the Bucks. But um, but the NBA is also – like the representation is so different. The NFL is mm. so – uh, the shields thing, you know what right. I mean, and the yeah. NBA you can't do that because your stars' faces are out there, right? You know, some people couldn't tell you what Von Miller looks like. True, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, uh, because they got to wear the helmet and shit. But yeah. in the NBA, hey, they they you get a shot at a person as soon as they make a shot, backpedaling down the field, down the court. Mm. So that's different. Interesting. Well, uh, okay, so. Moving on with the news, and Aaron Rodgers has an interesting um, new option in his uh, potential holdout situation. Okay. Um, they're calling it the opt-out silver bullet because now they've released all the new uh, pro- uh, COVID protocols for the following year, uh-huh. and they're bringing uh... back the opportunity for players to opt out if they so choose, uh, which means that he could theoretically continue to get paid by the Packers while also opting out for the entire season. And what then, what where does that put him in his contract? I don't remember how many years he has left on his contract. I'm wondering, do you lose a year on it? Does the, the contract move on to the next year, or does it still say like if you got three years left and you opt out, does it mean you still have three years left, or does one of those maybe count? It says here, okay, so it says the benefit of doing this. Uh, he, that would help the, rent, the the Packers. He would not forfeit the $11.5 million in unearned signing bonus mm-hmm. for 2021 if he opts out. Uh, he presumably would still receive the payments of $6.8 million roster bonus that he earned in March. Mm-hmm. Um that's eighteen point three million that he keeps by opting oh, out, and also like he'd be opting out instead of holding out, which you're, you know, financially penalized yeah. for for holding out. Ooh! But the one caveat to this is that he needs to make this decision by July. What's the date? July second. So that's in two days. He needs to make this decision within the next two days if he's going to opt out. And if he decides to opt out, it's it's not reversible. Like he can't like mm. two weeks from now go, you know what? I changed my mind. Let's 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 go back to the negotiating table. So some people think that he's probably not going to exercise this option. But it was a I, as far as useless things to write about in the off season. It was, it was up it, there. It was, it was a clever. <laughs> it was a clever. Um, uh, you know, I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll allow it. Um, we talked about this a little bit already, I guess. The, the NFL has now done this, opened up the two helmet rules, so opening the gate for, for the retro mm, oh, yeah, yeah. helmets. Um, so that's going to be kind of fun, but it won't, I don't think it takes effect this year. I think it's for next season. Okay. So that's a little lame, but, 
Uh, I'd do anything to see that old Red Falcons helmet come back. That'd be really cool. <laughs> um, Steelers, this was a weird story until you kind of dug into it a little bit. The, the first they announced Steelers basically released six-time Pro Bowler, their guard, David DeCastro. And you're like, why are they getting rid of that guy? <laughs> yeah. um, but it turns out he had some kind of a bone spur situation that's been dogging him, and he has to have uh. surgery again. And um, and within hours of, of cutting him, they signed this Trey Turner, also a five-time pro bowler himself, mostly with the Panthers, but last year he played with the Chargers. So that's a little interesting update okay. if you were a Steelers fan. Um, <clears throat> kind of worried about them. I'd be slightly, slightly worried about. Them. I'd be extremely worried about them yeah. this year, especially as you know. I think um, I think the Ravens made some good moves in the off season, and I also think the Browns. I feel like the Browns won the free agency period prior to the draft. Like they made a lot of good moves to mm-hmm. kind of shore up their their O line and also their defense. Um, you know, the, I think the Browns are probably looking at that division and thinking, okay. Time is now. Yeah, the the Bengals are are still the Bengals. They're probably not going to win that many games. No. Um, the Steelers are literally limping into the end of a season, uh, and the Ravens are the only ones that can really go with them toe to toe. It seems like. And Ravens are kind of loading up, uh, getting mm-hmm. weapons for. I, I think it's going to be a two horse race between the Browns and the Ravens. I can't year. wait. I love uh, that division, man. That's a That's fun a good division. One. Yeah. Um, another off-season trope, according to Jerry Judy, competition is making Teddy B and Drew Locke better. It's a quarterback competition. It's making both of them better. Uh, there's still no word on either quarterback's ability to glow. Sam Darnold <laughs> has been glowing like a motherfucker down in Carolina for the last week. Um... I heard a report that residents are starting to complain about his glowing. <laughs> uh, Can you keep it to nighttime? Yeah, you always hear a lot about quarterbacks in the off season. This yeah, is another yeah. one. Da- Dak is he's he's going to be. What was the quote? Best Dak is going to be life. very very special this year. Was the quote? Best shape point. of his life already. Is it just me or the, or, or is it always the case that the the Cowboys they're always the best team in the NFL in July? Like yeah, everybody thinks they're the best. Yeah, oh, it's this like, is the Cowboys. Yeah, well, yo, hey, if you're betting, yo, you better bet the Cowboys <laughs> <at> the <laughs> NFC coming out of the NFC Super Bowl representative, <laughs> bro. Uh, this interesting story popped up this morning. Actually, uh, Washington football team Dan Snyder announces that his wife Tanya Snyder is now the co-CEO of the team. Um, yeah. A lot of people are looking at. This is like a very cynical mm-hmm. uh, PR decision, obviously. Yep. Um, here's the quote. You can think of this. Uh, I'm curious to hear what you say about this. Uh, this team is our family legacy, says CEO Tanya Snyder. Mm-hmm. We are at a pivotal point in the history of this team as we work to become the gold standard of NFL franchises. The co-CEO <laughs> titles reflect our approach to that effort. It is a natural progression, but it's important to formally recognize the diversity of opinion and perspective that informs everything we do. In my new role, I'll be positioned to ensure the core values that are central to our philanthropy permeate the entire organization and bring us closer to realizing our goals. 
Fuck out of here, man. <clears throat> I will say this. If you see a picture of her at the announcement, I fully, fully support this Washington football team deep red leather fucking suit that she has on. She looks dope as hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. She looks fantastic. She looks badass. She yeah. got this badass, like, kind of 1970s, like, almost purple turtleneck. Uh, lovely. She, uh, You know who would wear this? This reminds me of something you would see Al Green wearing in the 70s. Uh, yeah. That's like an Al Green outfit. You know what? It, uh, <laughs> wow. I immediately thought. So oh, in love with you. You, <laughs> uh, you know, he got grits thrown on his dick. What? His wife caught him with another woman and went and threw hot grits on his dick. That is the most funniest white trash story I've ever heard. He got hot grits hot thrown grits on his dick. On him. Yeah, and then he went religious after that. Where are they from? The grits, they were from uh, Where is she <laughs> Quaker. From? Uh, I don't know where uh, Al Green She got to be from the South, throwing the grits on the dick. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> and everybody, the joke when I was growing up, they were saying, he said, hey. <laughs> she hit him with the grits. Uh, I hope it's not like an urban legend, but I'm. I was pretty sure uh, she funny. doused him with a pot of boiling grits. Oh my! As he was preparing for bed in the bathroom, causing second degree burns on his back, stomach, and arms. So not on his dick then. Okay. See, her back, stomach, and arms. That means she reloaded. Back, stomach. Unless she poured it on top of his head, maybe. Back, stomach, and arms. Back. Stomach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the that he's so that fucking small. I love Al man. Green. He's yeah, shit. Man. I saw Al him live Green. once. It was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. He's seventy five years old. Smooth motherfucker. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Didn't mm. know that. But yeah, she uh, he got doused with grits. I we, I I heard that it was on his dick. Obviously, uh, that was exaggerated. But yeah, his, his, his wife got him. Uh, I was curious about Tanya Snyder's background, but I can't find anything on it. Mm. Uh, well, she obviously does a lot of like, she's done a lot of charity work for the organization, but I'm wondering, um, like, I the, don't know much about her prior to, you know, like the problem, like the, uh, the problem with Washington is, uh, is the culture there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like putting a woman in charge that mm-hmm. is married to the guy who was in charge before doesn't seem like it's really going to solve the problem. It looks like it's going to just. It's just bullshit. Yeah. It's hard not to look at it in a cynical way. Well, not only that, it clearly is an effort to sort of, you know, Dan Snyder has been looking for ways to consolidate his power and ownership over the team, buying out all of the minority owners. Um, It's impossible to get rid of Dan Snyder at this point. And now that he's brought his wife into the fray, uh, it's even more difficult. Yeah, Um, He's looking out for himself. She's, Doing that, uh, uh, I've always been like, you know, I liked him as a kid when he first took over the team. Yeah, I thought it was cool. He seemed so energetic, and he, he was really cared about it. He was like the fun, like a Mark Cuban type, right? The fun owner that like really is a fan, right? First sure. When he uh, took over, yeah. and then he turned into this creep. It says here the move comes with the team looking at options for a new nickname. Months after news of a $1.6 million settlement of sexual misconduct lawsuits came to light of the NFL investigation into allegations of workplace misconduct. It's also following Dan Snyder's move to buy out the team's minority owners and consolidate control of the organization in his hands. Naming his wife as the CEO continues that consolidation and points to 
Long future for family ownership of the team that could continue well beyond the life of either of either Snyder, uh, should they follow through with plans to pass it down to their children. So, mm. so there you go. All right. Uh, what else is happening? Do we delve into the AFC South? We can. Uh, I thought this was interesting. One last story, maybe. All right. Uh, Stefan Gilmore tweeting about DBs who make more money than he does. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we know what that means. Uh, <clears throat> kind of interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, because Xavier Howard's situation going on. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Patriots can really afford to lose someone like him. No. Nah, the, the, the Dolphins, like, like those teams are the Belichick – model is to build from the outside in and and also because as much as i i don't think for a second that mac jones is going to start under center for the patriots this year i think they're going to go with cam newton Mm -hmm. and i think it's a huge mistake i think cam yeah this this version of cam newton that we all remember from what 2015 yeah i don't think he exists anymore Mm -mm. especially after all of the injuries and the surgeries and yeah. Um, I don't think he exists. I don't think he physically exists anymore. Uh, and I think we saw, we saw, w- essentially as good as it gets last season. Ugh. And I mean, maybe it could get better this year. I don't know. I, but I just don't see it when getting does that, that much better. When has that happened? I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think it. I, uh, I'm always a little interested when the so what, what players did he name? Did he name Byron Jones? Probably. Uh, let's see. Does it say here? I'd have to go to the tweet. I don't know. Oh, we know how you are with Twitter. I, uh, oh, <laughs> they keep tweeting about me on Twitter. Really? People keep tweeting about me, bro. It's very funny. Spain, Spain's loving it. I'm, uh, I love you too, Spain. Um, <laughs> so I know you're not listening, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all the news I have. It's kind of a slow news week. Yeah, uh, I mean, we still made it made it last forty minutes. We did, <laughs> and you know, I, I feel like it's you know, last year we were just really fortunate to have you know that a juicy DeAndre Baker, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff, uh, all the other weird off season yeah. arrests and insanity and whatnot. It was, yeah. This year. We need somebody to go out there. Well, you know, it's July. I found the tweet. Oh, did you? What did he say? He wrote, first of all, his Twitter name is The Gilly Lock. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I like that a lot. The Gilly Lock. Because he's, uh, oh, and and his uh, his actual handle is at Bump and Run Gilmore. And the O and Or is a zero. That's right. but the Gilly Lock, he puts you on lock. Mm-hmm. Gilmore, wow, I like it, I like it. Anyway, uh, highest paid defensive backs. Mm. Jalen Ramsey, $20 million. Yep. Marlon Humphrey, $19.8 million. Tredavious mm. White, $17.3 million. Darius Slay, $16.7 million. Byron Jones, $16.5 million. Xavier Howard, $15 million. James Bradbury, fourteen point five million. Marcus Peters, fourteen million. Trey Wayne, fourteen million, and William Jackson, thirteen point five. I wonder what he was getting. Mm. Damn, and he wasn't the, the the one of the top ten. So that means he must want to be in the top ten. Mm. Wow. Damn. Wow. 
interesting story to pay attention to. Yeah, man. Especially if you're a Patriots. Because this is not the Belichick way, man. No. A player speaking out like that, that's not that's not how it's supposed to go down. Mm-mm. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. All right. I really want that team to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to suck. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. All right, uh, let's get to the AFC South coaching. Yeah, let's do it. And then we'll it. wrap this episode up. Uh, I got my, I got my, I brought my shit today, man. I'm ready. Did your homework? I was able to, I was able to finally finish my diatribe on Urban Meyer and. Company. And let me guess, you changed your mind. You love him now. He's the best, man. He's the best. <laughs> Underrated. <laughs> Underrated coach. All right, let's get to it. Uh, as always, alphabetical order by mascot name. So we're starting with the Indianapolis Colts. Background. Uh, oh, the Frank Reich mm. uh, is the coach. This is his fourth season. Mm-hmm. This will be his fourth season. Yeah. Background. Uh, Frank Reich was a quarterback throughout his playing career. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, and they may as well have called this guy the comeback kid. Mm-hmm. He led his college team, Maryland, to a legendary comeback Victory over my Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Then in the pros, he backed up Jim Kelly. Oh wow! In Buffalo, and came in due to injuries multiple times because Jim Kelly was a fucking statue, uh, <laughs> leading the team to comeback victories. One of which is in a wild card game against the Oilers. Remember them? Mm-hmm. Which he rallied the team from a thirty-two point deficit. Damn. To victory. Still the largest comeback in NFL history. Shit. He led that team to the Super Bowl. Respect. They lost in a blowout to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh Jim Kelly got hurt in that game as well. And uh mm. but Reich is he went he's gone down as one of the best backup quarterbacks in NFL history. Didn't they lose to the Cowboys two years in a row? Uh was that the run yeah. where they lost four, four in a row? Four yeah. in a row. Uh because they lost to the Washington football team, Dallas, Dallas, uh I don't even know who the fourth one was. Um, Reich started out on uh, Tony Dungy's staff in Indianapolis as offensive staff member and quarterback coach. Dungy retired, and uh, Jim Caldwell kept him on. That seems to be a running theme. These guys mm-hmm. who are good, they get kept on by uh, other staffs. He coached wide receivers uh, for Caldwell, coached for the Cardinals in t- 2012, then the Chargers in 2013. He held the offensive coordinator position in 2013 for three years until getting fired in 2016. A few years later, he came on as the Eagles' offensive coordinator and coordinated them all the way to the Super Bowl. Victory over the Patriots. Wright came on as the Colts' head, quarter, head coach in uh, 2018. He's led them to the playoffs twice in his three seasons despite losing his star quarterback to a surprising retirement months before his only losing season, 7-9. Uh, though Wright has only coached on the offensive side of the ball, he's built some pretty good defense in his time in, uh, in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And I have to add that I liked him until I found out that he's a devout Christian. And he uh, includes that shit in all his motivational speaking gigs. So of course he does. allow me to vomit. <laughs> mm. Offense, Reich will have to depend on a new mind to run his offense as Nick Sirianni was hired as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about them a couple episodes ago. Um, the new guy is Marcus Brady. Marcus Brady came up through the CFL, which is pretty cool. He played and coached up there in that part of North America. He's familiar with Reich's offense as he has been quarterback's coach since Reich took over. 
Apparently, Brady was a hot item as a few teams requested to interview him to be their offensive coordinators. Uh, the Colts struck first and expect some continuity with a familiar face at the helm of the offense. The Colts uh, ran a pretty balanced attack with 54% of their plays being run plays. They ran a lot of passes out of the shotgun formation, and I would expect it to look pretty much the same with the quarterback change of uh, from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz. They finished in the top 10 in most offensive statistics since uh, Frank Wright became the head coach. Mm. Uh, defense, I have a small crush on the Colts' defense. It's got to be understandable. And the coordinator mm-hmm. is Matt Eberflus. He cut his teeth in the college game, recruiting and coaching defense at Toledo and Missouri. His NFL coaching career began in Cleveland with the Browns, where he was hired as linebackers coach under Rob Ryan. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. And Eric Mangini. Then on to Dallas for the same gig under the same coach. If you recall, Rob Ryan is Rex Ryan's twin brother and the son of a legendary defensive genius, Buddy Ryan. Not bad to learn from Rob Ryan. Eberflus got to coach up some good linebackers in Dallas. They always had at least one really good linebacker under him. And uh, worked there until he was hired as, uh, by Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Do you remember the Josh McDaniels debacle? He got hired to be coach in 2018. And then uh, he, he hired a full staff. And then he said, fuck it, I'm going to stay in New England. And left New- Indianapolis with a dick in their hand. Mm-hmm. You remember that shit? Yeah. Uh, Reich was convinced to keep it birthless. Uh, and uh, it looks like it was a good move. Because he had they had never met each other. The mm. coach uh, Reich hadn't met uh, Eberflus, and then the owner was like, Jim Ursay was like, just uh, this is the right guy, and mm. he kept him, and is they have a really good defense because of that. That's cool. Uh, that team went from four and twelve to ten and six. <laughs> defense went from number thirty in total defense to number ten. Eberflus might just might be that dude. Uh, Reich should be trying to groom some understudies or something because it's only a matter of time before teams start trying to poach this guy for head coaching positions. That's what I think about this uh, Eberflus mm. guy. Uh, my thoughts, Frank Reich, turn things around in Indianapolis. It's obvious that the Lord Jesus Christ is blessing him to be victorious. <laughs> now, besides that bullshit, he is obviously building something good over there. A lot depends on what Wentz, on what Wentz they're getting. Carson Wentz. Right. It's, go, uh, it's going to be a familiar system for him because that's what he used under uh, with that Doug Peterson offense uh, that they went to, to, to win it all. But then again, who won it all? Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Because he got hurt mm-hmm. when it came down to it. Yep. The jury's still out on Wentz. All he has to do is not fuck it up. That defense is going to be a problem yet again. The teams will have a tough time solving. So this team just might take the next step. Hmm. Yeah. I I mean, they were actually really impressive to watch last season. Yeah, man. That defense um, boy. And certain I mean they had they had a couple of running backs. Yeah. Not quite at the level of two headed monster like, like the Browns had, but oh, yeah, yeah. but you know, you could see that happening. Yeah. I, you could Taylor see that. was a rookie. They were I, I mean they were impressive. Uh the defense was lights out, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I agree with you. I th- it seems like it was it was always about finding the right quarterback. Uh, God, there must be so much pressure on Carson Wentz to yeah. fuck this up. Yeah, he right? will. He'll fuck it. Because I mean, you know, even Philip Rivers managed to, as he usually does, yeah. to to put together a, a a pretty decent season. Yeah, he almost put together the best tackle ever. 
when he fell on his back <laughs> and threw that his is feet still, up. <laughs> that is one of the best. High, it's that one and and uh, DK Metcalf chasing down oh, Luda yeah. Baker are yeah, like the two highlights greatest of the highlights of the season uh-huh. for totally different reasons. And then the uh, distant third is Matt uh, Jones. What's his name? I mean, wouldn't that have to be like the best and the worst tackle of all of last season? <laughs> <laughs> and then what about the the second best tackle is uh, what's his name? The Giants quarterback. Oh, uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> when he we tackled himself. Tackled himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's down. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> All right, on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hello, Urban. (laughs) Urban Meyer, first season as head coach in the NFL. Background, in an effort not to be biased, no, fuck that shit. I can't stand Urban Meyer, and I wish ill upon him and his team. This lying... Piece of shit, elbow rubbing, good old boy cover-up specialist worked his way through the toxicity of the NCAA and brought the worst of it with him. He coached Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. He allegedly stepped away from the college game due to his personal health. In six years as head coach at Florida, 31 of his players were arrested. Many of the charges ultimately dismissed because, you know, we got games to win. That's right. I can't leave out the fact that he coached the Gators to a national championship. Tim Tebow was a media darling at the time, and I want to throw up just thinking about those times. Mm. Tebow turned out to be what real football watchers know he was knew he was going to be, a below-average quarterback that loves the Lord more than Frank Reich. <laughs> Too bad. I forgot I wrote that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he didn't have the skills of Frank Reich. That's Reich, true. Just That's true. saying. Uh, though they had a winning culture, Meyer was credited with creating an extremely toxic culture that was toxic and un- unsustainable. Uh, what did he call it? Didn't he call it like he gave he had a name for it? Oh, I'll tell like you, like the Brotherhood of Trust or something like that, I'll or tell you. Circle, Circle of Trust. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was suggested that his retirement was timely, as the situation was about to implode. Mm. One example was a. Circle of trust yes. that consisted of players that re- received favorable treatment, including not doing workouts, hiding drug test results, and mm. lenient punishment for violations. Though former players say it was the foundation of the Florida culture, Meyer says he's never heard of Circle of Trust before in his life. Mm. Sounds like a model leader you got, Jacksonville. And I think when he left Florida, they called it the Circle of Trust in Florida, but then when he went to Ohio State, he called, they called it the Brotherhood of Trust. Oh, wow. He rebranded it. What a piece. I didn't see that part. He went on to work at ESPN for a little over a year, and then he got the itch and went back to another top school in Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So now a popular team gets a winning coach. I'm sure recruiting will be difficult. (laughs) They began with an undefeated season. Those sanctions kept them from the postseason. By 2014, they were on top again. In the NCAA, now Meyer was getting top recruits in a weaker conference. <laughs> it's like it's not even fair. They were a perennial playoff team once the playoffs got started. But where Meyer goes, toxicity goes. He was put on administrative leave for trying to hide the fact that a coach on his staff was co- accused of spousal abuse. The team ultimately suspended him for the first three games of the season. They finished just outside of the playoffs, and Meyer retired for, you guessed it, health reasons. Mm. 
Now he's on to the NFL with a shiny new quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Hints of the same style of nepotism and toxicity are abound as he tried to bring on Chris Doyle, a coach he knew from his Utah days. Problem is, Doyle was known also to have been racially insensitive towards black players. Doyle resigned before ever joining the team, and Myers said he should have been... <laughs> He should have given greater consideration to how his appointment may have affected all involved. Which is fucking bullshit. Because even the the guy that you mentioned, the coach who Doyle, the, where they finally got in trouble at Ohio State for this coach who who had abused oh, his yeah. wife. Okay, this guy worked for Urban Meyer when he was coaching at Florida, and uh, he knew that this guy was being abusive to his wife in his Florida days, and he still hired him when he went to Ohio State. And it wasn't until they found out that it was like, oh, gosh, I didn't know. So it's the same situation. Exact same situation. Damn. So what does he do next? He appoints his former quarterback, Tim Tebow, to be a tight end. That's a great idea. What could go wrong? (laughs) Maybe he should have given greater consideration to how this appointment may have affected all involved, possibly, to use his own words against him. I hope all this shit crashes and burns. Players likely won't. Like this Tebow thing, of course. We'll see how far Meyer tries to push his act on his team. If he pulls the shit and has uh, uh, he has in the past, then it's going to blow up in his face, and I'm here for it. Offense, Meyer's teams have always run a run-heavy version of the spread offense. They will likely run something similar under Daryl Bevel. He's been in the game for over 20 years and has run different styles of offense over that time. Brian Schottenheimer... Is is a passing game coordinator. How much money do they have? And, and, <laughs> and he's been around as well with 12 years under his belt as an offensive coordinator. The offense will likely be a lot of passes to their star tight end, Tim Tebow. Uh, and let's not forget that uh, <laughs> Daryl Bevel uh, was last in Detroit. That's what Daryl Bevel was. So uh, his claim to fame is molding rookie Russell Wilson into an immediate star in uh, Seattle. I think that may have been more Russell Wilson and less Daryl Bevel, but we'll see what happens in his new with his new project, Trevor Lawrence. Meyer has been adamant about having the last say on what happens with this offense. We'll see how that factors into the grand scheme of things. Defense, Meyer brought on Joe Cullen to coach his defense. Cullen is known around the league as an elite defensive co- defensive line coach. I don't know if I've ever heard of a D-line coach jumping immediately to defensive coordinator, but I'm sure it'll work out. Cullen has been a coach for 14 years, so I'm sure he's learned a lot in that time. He's coached on teams with both three-man and four-man base fronts, so I suspect this defense will be multiple. Cullen himself says it'll be a hybrid defense, but will resemble a modern 3-4. Jacksonville's run a 4-3, and it's currently built that way, and they seem to have drafted with that change of mind, with a step, which is a step in the right direction. Cullen says there'll be an attacking defense with 4-3 and 3-4 looks. His emphasis is going to be on effort. Mm. So, yeah, they're going to try their way to victory. (laughs) (laughs) My thoughts, this dumbass experiment is probably going to fall on its face. It seems like Meyer received the amount of power that a coaching transition, uh, that a coach transitioning from college to pro ball would require. The problem is this isn't a college town that's willing to sweep shit under the rug. And you can't come. You can't lure the best players over to your uh, team every year now that you have a salary cap. So Meyer's going to have to actually out-coach other professional coaches with elite talent on the other side of the field every week. He will have to game plan 
deal with actual men with actual men problems, all trying to figure out how to get the, his boy, all while trying to figure out how to get his boy Tebow involved in the offense. Who knows? He may be successful. One thing's for sure is he'll be uncomfortable in such unfamiliar territory. I don't think he'll be up for the job for long. Don't be surprised if health issues arise again. In conclusion, fuck that guy. Hmm. I hope he lose. I hope they lose worse than any other losers can lose. Here, here, I concur. Uh, <laughs> That's my uh, Jacksonville coach. I love it. Breakdown. That was beautiful. That was worth the the week. <laughs> the off. week wait. Yeah. Uh, the week wait. Uh, I mean, nobody should be all that surprised by my. I'm a lifelong Georgia Bulldog fan. For everybody who listens to the show, you already know that. I hate the Florida Gators mm-hmm. more than any football team on the face of the planet. Um, but this, and, and so I hated this guy just because he was coaching the team that I hate. But then uh, again, like as I started to learn all these things about him, right, just he's shit, like man. he embodies like like what I think and for me this kind of goes back to the the minority coaching summit mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. it's like this guy represents like the worst kind of person that should be in charge of of a football team yeah in my opinion uh he's he, he I mean he's he is the poster boy for white privilege yeah uh and well so that's why I'm here for this dumpster fire that I think is coming this year, and I just would love to sit there and watch him week after week and and come up with new excuses for why he's why it's not going well and all this stuff. I I, I just think he's a fucking scumbag. Uh, and yeah, and I I I know the Jacksonville people are gonna love it because you know they have a strong connection to the Gators in Jacksonville, so I'm sure that the, the I'm sure oh, the yeah. Jaguars fans are like, and they. I, I'm telling you right now, this is the team. This team, Urban Meyer, if Tim Tebow makes the squad, and and what's his name, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. This is the package that the NFL is going to be trying to ram up your ass <laughs> all season long. Yeah, I mean, this is the one. Yeah, it's going to turn into a story of redemption. Totally. The naysayers. Yeah. The coach from another league coming to this league told he can't make it. The Jesus Bible thumper. And they will completely. Playing a new position. They will totally ignore his past. Oh, yeah. And if I have to sit there week after week and hear some kind of bullshit about Urban Meyer being a leader of men, I'm going to have to punch my fucking TV. Yeah. I think you're going to have to punch your fucking TV. I should just buy a backup <laughs> for when it happens. You know, yes. I mean, what's this extra TV over here for? It's for right. when they. Well, tell I'm me. gonna punch the TV in September. Leader of, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> All right, on to the Houston Texans. David Cully is his first of, season. Speaking of dumpster fires, yes. <laughs> uh, Cully's bounced around a lot, but I would say he's in the Andy Reid tree. He spent ten years coaching under Reid, and part of that time, he had the title of assistant coach. He had the title as well under John Harbaugh in Baltimore. So I'm guessing he must be a leader of men. Of course. I'm guessing this guy's seen as a leader of men is what I wrote. <laughs> Most of his coaching duties throughout his career included him as wide receivers coach. A fun fact about Cully is he was the first black person to play quarterback in Vanderbilt history. Oh, yeah. I heard a story about that. It was kind of a cool story. Yeah. Uh, offense. It's hard to determine what his, uh, this offense is going to look like. They have Deshaun Watson right now. 
as a quarterback. So that always gives you a chance. Uh, Cully loves Watson, wants to build the offense around him. <laughs> Andy Reid's offense has been wet West Coast. Yet Cully kept Tim Kelly as offensive coordinator from the Bill O'Brien regime, mm. who runs a spread offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Cully's plan is to have a balanced attack because they have two different principles that they uh, that they use. And he thought that that increases, you know, that, that that's, that's good to have, you know, both uh, principles. I think it just increases the chance of the head coach not seeing the big picture on game day. But uh, what do I know? Uh, passing yardage was good last year for Houston, but they also played from behind a lot. So, you know, and the elephant in the room is that Watson just might not be playing. So hmm. then what? Defense, defense side of the ball was an embarrassment last year. Houston ranked near the bottom in every category. But do you remember everybody's favorite quiet coach, Lovey Smith? <laughs> he coached the Bears with a lot of love and God and patience all the way to the Super Bowl. He's now the defensive coordinator in Houston, and that should bode well for his trouble for this troubled organization. He can't add talent, <laughs> which is their biggest problem, but he knows how to get players to work for him. He'll run that good old Tampa two defense that he's considered one of the fathers of. Question is, has the NFL game passed up old Lovey? He created a killer defense on the Rams in 02, which got him the Bears job as head coach. Uh, and then he got the Bears to be a really good defense. Uh, then he got fired and had a bad couple years in Tampa as head coach with bad results in defense. Mm. Then he went to the college ranks in Illinois and fielded subpar defenses that eventually got him fired there. The league may require something more sophisticated than the Tampa 2. I hope the Texans version is upgraded uh, of the Tampa 2. I love Lovey, but if it doesn't work this time around, it might be time to hang it up. His new beard does look sick, though. Mm. I don't know if you've seen Lovey's got the beard. I don't think so. Uh, Is that a good one? Yeah, he's got a good beard. Yeah, I'm going to Google that, that right out. now. Keep yeah, talking. I'll look find. at that lovely beard. All right, my final thoughts. Uh, this old-ass man finally got a job as a head coach, but only after Houston fucked up their coaching selection and pissed off Deshaun Watson more than he gets pissed off by a professional massage. Uh, he wanted them to take. A, you missed my joke, man. So I was looking at. Uh, I was looking at the beard. I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> got the Santa going. Um, I gotta retell. I gotta redo it. Black I'm Santa, sorry. go ahead. Sorry, do it, it again. This old ass man finally got a job as a head coach, but only after Houston fucked up their coaching selection and pissed off Deshaun Watson more than he would be pissed off by a professional massage. <laughs> 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 he wanted them, he wanted them to take a black coach, as did the <laughs> consulting firm that they brought in to vet potential hires. But no, they chose not to go with the black coach that was suggested and pissed off their star player, all while saying they really want him to play for them. They fucked that up, and they have, uh, as they have fucked up everything lately, and ended up bringing in David Cully as a consolation prize. Mm. See, Deshaun, we like the blacks. <laughs> I can't imagine it's in the well for this coaching staff or, frankly, this team for the foreseeable future. Look at my black friend over hey, there. We got a black friend. <laughs> and he's light-skinned, so our owner's okay with it, too. <laughs> if you both squint, <laughs> if the owner squints... He's the Lena Horn of the squints, NFL. Yeah, he's the Lena Horn. <laughs> Lena he Horn. Passed. Of <laughs> he passing both ways. But he doesn't know how he's passing because his offensive coordinator is a different offense than he knows. Oh, exactly. well, this is not going to work out. 
All right, finally, we got the Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel in his fourth season. Mike Vrabel's background, he was known as a very versatile player on the New England Patriots. He's proof that coaching matters. He spent four years in obscurity in Pittsburgh and then came over to New England and became a major contributor on two Super Bowl winning teams. Fun fact about him, he has scored 10 touchdowns coming in as an eligible receiver on 14 catches. <laughs> Insane. It's the best ratio in league history. He's also the only player to ever have two touchdowns and a sack in the same game. <laughs> he started coaching under Bill, Bill O'Brien, who's from the Belichick tree. So he's familiar with Vrabel. Vrabel coached linebackers and, and uh, got them to rank third in yards per game, that, uh, that defense there. He became a hot item right away. He even turned down a defensive coordinator job in 40, in, for the 49ers to remain linebackers coach. He turned down a raise. Mm-hmm. That shows loyalty right there. Uh, that paid off because he got promoted to defensive coordinator the next year. Uh, the, the Titans brought on Vrabel in 2018, and he hasn't had a losing season yet. Two of the three years, his teams are going to the playoffs. Offense, everybody knows what, that, what Tennessee is going to do. But it's just hard to stop that monster of a man in the backfield. So much is built off Derrick Henry's game. One issue, however, is the departure of Arthur Smith. Mm. He was hired on as the coach of the Atlantic Falcons after uh, running an offense that scored over 30 points a game. Mm. That should encourage you guys. Uh, Todd Downing is the new offensive coordinator, and he was promoted from the tight ends coach position. Downing plays, uh, says the ball will be still be in Derrick Henry's hands a lot, but he wants to open up the offense a bit more. That could work well since Tannehill's specialty is play action passes, and everybody's going to be looking at Derrick Henry. So we'll see if that works out. I'm sure there'll be uh, growing pains, but with his familiarity and experience, there shouldn't be much of a drop-off some, from Smith, theoretically. Maybe even an improvement uh, if things go well. He's been an offensive coordinator before in Oakland for a short stint. Then he got fired. Uh, it must be uh, so. It just might be his time to shine. Uh, defense, defense should be Mike Vrabel's specialty. Unfortunately, the Titans put up thirty points per game last season because they pretty much had to. This may be why the team brought in Jim Schwartz as a senior defensive assistant. Schwartz may be remembered as a failed head coach in Detroit, but then again, who's successful there? But nope, he's one of no the one. better defensive minds in the game. The, offensive, the official defensive coordinator is Shane Bowen. Bowen is a first-time play caller that should benefit from Schwartz's expertise. The Titans run a multiple defense that should be aggressive, but their execution was off a lot last year, and they gave up a lot of points. They also never named an official defensive coordinator after Dean Pease left. Mm. So Vrabel just said, I'll work itself out. Dean Pease is going to be in Atlanta this year. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, he's, him and Smith are cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least Vrabel's ahead of the curve hmm. because of that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Now he actually has a defensive coordinator because mm-hmm. he was just like winging defense last year, which is very odd. D- yeah. <laughs> uh, my thoughts, Tennessee, will be interesting. <laughs> last year was its own thing. No two years are identical, and they really shook things up with the coaching staff. The team is in the team is intact, so it's going to be about getting them up to speed and on the same page uh, or the same slash new pages. Not having a defensive coordinator could have cost them big time. The team did well, but that glaring hole could have been avoided if Vrabel wasn't so arrogant. Resolving that need may be too little, too late now that the offensive coordinator that got the best out of that team is now gone. 
Time will tell if the young guys can step up for variable. I predict some regression. I didn't know that defensive coordinator thing, but I really think like that's crazy. I didn't know that either. Like what could have been? I mean, because when you look at this team, uh, if they fix their defensive problem last year, yeah, yeah, or if they manage to fix it this year, for me, it's like it's a lock. No, but what if they fix it with Arthur Smith at, at the helm? Yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm just saying, like now yeah, you have sure. you don't have the court, so now the offense might be shaky. But if you have the offense putting up 30 points a game, and then the defense is on point, like if they have. Maybe not Dean Pease, but I mean, or he was gone anyway. But maybe bring on just like, even like a Lovey Smith or something like that, yeah. or Schwartz. They had they brought Schwartz sure. now. They, they really messed messed up, man. They could have. I mean, I squandered think that, a lot. But if they do, I mean, if they do manage to fix, especially if the Titans, I mean, not the it, Titans, especially if uh, the Chiefs have the injuries they had on the offensive line. Exactly. Yeah, they could have gone to the. I mean, defense is why they lost last year. So yeah. Um, so if they do manage to solve that that issue this year, for me that they're a lock to win this division. Uh, could easily see them going to, especially with all the the firepower they have on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, we have a guy like like Derrick Henry. Oh, and they then, got Julio now, and now you got Julio. I didn't uh, even mention and that. You got DK, and it's like, um, or no, what am I talking about? AJ Brown. I was like, they got Sorry. DK. <laughs> I mix up AJ and DK Brown. I don't know why oh, yeah. I do that. But uh, but those when you have what they have on the offensive side of the ball, it, 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 I mean honestly they, I don't know that you could really beat this team because mm. if you have Derrick Henry running down your face, yeah, th- and he comes on at the end game, of the game too, and yeah, and he's still going when everybody else is fucking tired. Yeah, you know, I mean this team would be very difficult to beat. So it, I feel like they're just. Like this one issue away from being an elite team, but yeah. I still kind of think that they might have some issues this year. Yeah, I feel like they might have. He blew it last year without the D coordinator because mm-hmm. they could have possibly snuck in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? How do you rank them? What you got? Let me move my computer on. How do I rank them by coach, coaching staffs? Who am I dealing with? Best coach. So you got the Colts. You got the Frank Reich. We had the uh, Vrabel. Frank Reich. Uh, Urban Meyer, uh-huh. David Culley, and Vrabel. I'd say Frank Reich at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Vrabel. Who's mm-hmm. the Texans guy? <laughs> David Culley. Yeah, David Culley. And then Urban Meyer at the bottom. <laughs> Fuck Urban Meyer. I had it uh, Colts, Titans, Jaguars, Texans. Hmm. I think the Texans is a dumpster fire. I think so too, but don't forget they got Tyrod Taylor, bro. It's gonna be all good. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Oh, I didn't know that. I gotta redo. I have to rethink everything. They got Tyrod. It's gonna be good. Uh, no, I think uh, for me, uh, will, I know you hate. I, was, I heard I hate Meyer, but I also think I agree with your assessment. I mean, one of the things that you said about him, which I think is absolutely true, is that. Can we say this guy is a great coach or even a good coach when he's put in a situation where where the top recruits are not coming to him? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not you handed you to have him, this yeah. benefit of having, you know, this is the same thing, no offense to Nick Saban uh, from Alabama or any of these other places, but it's like, 
these great players want to play for Alabama. They want to play for Georgia. They want to play for Florida. Because, Clemson. Uh, Clemson, because they know that if they go to these places, they're going to get a crack at winning the national championship every year. And be um, on TV and get a possible And maybe NFL. that's not so true about Florida right now, but it sure as hell was true of Florida back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so... You know, how is he really going to be that good if he can't get his pick of the litter? I think not. I don't think he's he that already good. expressed uh, frustration with whining the, with like the, a little bitch yeah, about the the draft process. Yeah, it's hard. Fuck you. Um, okay, but so, I mean, Cully is unproven, man. That's the reason I put him at the bottom. He's unproven, that's and then a he fair brought point. It, and he kept on point. the offensive coordinator yeah. that has a whole different offense than if I'm coming in, I want to know everything. I don't want to be the second smartest. Like, I shouldn't say smartest guy in the room, but I want somebody to run offense I'm familiar with so they can't just go rogue. If I could look past my hatred for Urban Meyer, I would agree with you. But since I can't, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we can wrap this thing up. I'll be back with the uh, – well, we'll be back. But the next uh, teams are going to be the uh, NFC West and the AFC West. Nice. One last plug before we go. Uh, I mentioned this last week, but today is the day. It's uh, June 30th on SVT tonight at 7 o'clock. You will be able to see this short film called Finito. It's about 20 minutes long. Uh, You're going to see me in there acting like an idiot because that's what I do. That's why people (laughs) hire me. Uh, I'm like an idiot, but I'm smart. I'm like the... Smartest dumb guy in the Smartest room. Smartest dumb hey. guy. Uh, so that's kind of my thing. So you're like Urban Meyer. Mm, yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> please. No. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. It's a funny short film, essentially about the end of the world. Uh, Finito. I, that's, that's all I'm going to say. But it's on tonight. You can actually already see it on SVT Play right now if you want to. If you are so inclined and just too impatient and you have 20 minutes to kill. Uh, I'll post a link on the on the Facebook group. Nice, yeah, good stuff, man. All right, well, we'll be back next week uh, with some updates, news if there's any, and then the uh, NFC West coaching breakdown. We're also gonna try to set up some uh, interviews and stuff to get us through the summer. So stay tuned for that stuff, man. NFL is gonna be switching it up. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll be in touch, man. You guys take care, and uh, I'll let you later. Yeah, later, y'all. Later, y'all. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.